Hey girl, welcome to the Reconstructed Woman podcast. I am your host, Claire Davey, and I am so excited that you are here. If you are a woman, wife, or mama looking for freedom in Christ, get ready. The mission of the Reconstructed Woman is to help women just like you release the pain of your past, rebuild your identity in Christ, and renew your mind in truth. Girl, I love truth. I love keeping it real, and you're going to get plenty of that here. I am so excited for what God is going to do through this mic and in your life. Welcome back, ladies. I am super excited to have my girl and guest, Molly Trotter, on. Hi, Molly. Hi. I'm so happy to be here, Claire. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so pumped to talk about this. Today we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. Um it's one of my favorite subjects of the kingdom, Christianity. I just think that it is um so imperative. So I'm super super excited about it. Um but I want to introduce you guys to Molly. Um So Molly has nearly a decade of experience in front of the camera as a television news anchor and making appearances on ESPN. Molly has made a name for herself as a master communicator. She has helped thousands of people express their authentic, unapologetic voices, as well as helping hundreds of coaches refine their confidence and hone their message. Molly is currently the co-founder and director of field development of Girl Power Alliance, a digital platform with a variety of resources designed to help women grow personally and professionally with the added benefit of earning a passive income. I love it. Welcome, Molly. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited you're here. Me too. I love it when we met on social media because of somebody else and we've just been following each other ever since. And we'll probably get into that origin story at some point of <laughs> how now we live on a separate coast, but we inter, you know, interchange text messages or Instagram messages or whatnot at what? Three o'clock in the morning, my time, 5 a.m. your time? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think, yeah, I think I've sent you a couple 3 a.m. my time, which would be 12. So you're probably yes. just getting into your good sleep. <laughs> Now, you know what? Sometimes you never know. Like when the, and here we are just diving into it. You never know when the Lord is going to wake you up, right? And so, yeah, actually 3 a.m. for me would be 6 a.m. for you. So it'd be earlier. And so when I usually wake up and of course, what do we do? It's a habit. Check Instagram. You check different things. And I usually will see a message from Claire. And what I love about it is because of the connection that we've made, we've built this sisterhood of like, hey, I need prayer. Or like, hey, like this is what's going on. And that's really what it's all about. Like so often we feel like we're burdening people with prayer. I welcome it. Like I I get up and I pray every morning for about an hour, two hours. And I'm like, anybody else have anything they want to put in the, you know, just the spinny wheel of prayer here? Because I'm like, I'm here to intercede. And that's what I want to do. And so I love it when you do that. Because I'm like, yes, absolutely. Give me specifics. Give me names. Yes, it's so important. And I think that the shift from realizing like, that, you know, prayer is, is more of, you know, typically prayer starts with, okay, I'm supposed to pray. And, you know, it starts as more of a religious act, but when you get the revelation of the power of prayer and what it does and the moves that it makes, right, that makes you want to pray, right? And that's, it's just, it's powerful and it's our duty and it is um actually i i want to share a vision with you guys and we're going to get right into this topic of prayer because it's one of the main um weapons that we use in spiritual warfare it yes. is the weapon you know um but i had had a vision one time and i was laying down like taking i think i was like just about to fall asleep but i was awake And I saw this vision of this woman and she shot out like an arrow. Okay. Like, and I, it was so fast, but yet she, I saw her and she was bronze, like bronze skin. Her hair was like back and she was on her knees and she was on, on fire, but not on fire, like not consumed by it. Fire Mm. was 
she was in a ball of fire. And I said to the Lord, what? What? Who was that? What was that? And he said to me, that is you when you're fully in me. And I was like, and then he said, she's a force to be reckoned with. And I I had to Google that because I'm like, I know that's like, don't mess with her. (laughs) But like, hold on. What? I was like, that's me. And he's like, yes, when you're fully in me. And so I just held on to that vision because I was like, first of all, that chick scared me, <laughs> like, but in a good way. And she was on her knees. And I, I started to realize, you know, my prayer life then wasn't what it is now. And I started to realize the Lord was teaching me and growing me and showing me like, Prayer is everything. This mm-hmm. is where you move mountains. This is this is where um where it goes down. And and I really think when it comes to spiritual warfare, I mean, we could talk about this, we could do this for weeks, we could do a series for months. Um, but I know that prayer being, you know, one of the main tactics of it. And I just wanted to talk to, just have you talk to the listeners about um, your watch, you know, maybe explain that, um, and your prayer life and what that's transpired to. Yeah. I would say when it came to my prayer life, like you said, most of us start off in that, Oh, I know I need to do this. I have to do this. I don't really want to. And it's also a wishing well of God. I need this from you. I need you to do this for me, or I'm mad at you, or I'm mad. This isn't happening. Like it's, it's just a bunch of complaints and prayer requests. And there's really not a whole lot of relationship building going on. Now I could just be speaking about me, which that was totally my past. I'll be 100% honest, (laughs) but I know a lot of people will resonate with that and maybe even be convicted by that because at the end of the day, God is not a wishing well. He wants a relationship with you and he wants to reveal things to you. Mm -hmm. You have to have the right heart posture. So it all really began for me at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, you hear all these theories of what's going down. And I'm like, okay, Lord, if some of these come to fruition, if this really is the end, right? What do you want me to do? And he said, be in my presence, spend time with me and, and, and be a voice for me out there. I'm like, okay, how do you want me to do that? You know, in comes a whole, just we're shedding off the old, you know, like my past coaching, just that whole like, lifestyle that I built up and I was in the peak of my consulting business. And the Lord's like, I want you to put that down. I want you to go all in on Girl Power Alliance because it's an equipping for the marketplace that my daughters need right now. Now for that, what he was really prepping me for is actually we're still kind of, you know, we're, we're seeing this play out. But when it comes to the prayer pieces, prep is I have always been an early morning person. And so, I mean, early morning is, you know, I've, I started to wake up at like six, right? Six, go to the gym. And then I went to 530 and then five, and then I skipped to four. And then I love listening to Eric Thomas, um, Eric, the hip hop preacher. If you haven't heard of him, he okay, I'm writing him down. He will ignite you. Now he's, he has that tone. That's kind of aggressive, but I like that in the morning. I'm like, yes, tell me what it is. I'm going to go get it. He gets up at three. So then I'm like, you know what? Why not? Because as I was spending time in the pandemic, I would spend time in my car, whether it was 30 minutes, 45 minutes, it eventually has grown to an hour to two, hour to two hours, somewhere in between wow. that. Mm-hmm. Of just this is my spot. No, there's no distractions. I'm not wanting to fall back asleep. I'm not wanting to do laundry because I'm in the home. Like this is my place. Right. And he really brought me into that. So my car literally is my prayer closet. And I get to I sit love it. there with my bun warmers on, my soaking music playing and be like, <laughs> okay, Lord, I'm ready. Like, what do you have for me? And he was doing that. And I will tell you, I've been doing this for like, you know, I would say I probably started that at the beginning of 2021. So from 2021 up until now, I would say the first maybe three fourths of that time, it was just about, Lord, when are you going to do this? Lord, when are you going to do that? Here are my problems until I woke up and I was like, look. He has assigned you to this hour and you keep getting up earlier and earlier. And now I get up at two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I'll get up even earlier because the Holy Spirit's like, it's time. And I finally had a conversation with the Holy Spirit being like, if you're going to wake me up this early, you better give me some energy to sustain the rest of the day because I have a full day ahead. Right. He's like, no problem. So he has done that. So for those out there, oh, I can't get up early. Ask for it. If you're meant to wake up that early, ask for that sustainment and he will give it to you. Because your heart posture is, I want to seek you. And if that's the time to do it, I don't need to be married to the, I need all this sleep. 
because I've tested it out where I'm like, you know what? I am tired. I want to sleep in. And then I don't spend that time with him. And the rest of my day is garbage because I I do not spend that time. So back into the realizing, Lord, you actually have me up at this hour to intercede. A friend shared with me these prayer watches. I think, I believe there's eight watches. And so you can Google, you know, prayer watch, first prayer watch, second, third, fourth, all the way through eighth. Well, the third and the fourth in those hours, it spans between midnight and 6 a.m. Those are the darkest hours of the night, right? Those are the hours that witchcraft, demonic spirits are most active because most people are obviously sleeping. That's why I get people being like, shouldn't you be sleeping? And I'm like, look, I'm praying over you. I'm praying over this region. (laughs) Like, I know you're sleeping and I want to pray a hedge of protection and have a legion of angels come around you that, you, you know, maybe you're getting new dreams and new visions. There's not very many people praying at that hour. So these prayer watches give you a, like, here are things to pray for in this span of, you know, the third watch from midnight to 3 a.m., here's what you can pray for. And the fourth watch from four to six, here's what you can pray for. But time and time again, I hear people in that, usually it's from like 2 a.m. to 4 to 5 a.m. in that REM sleep, they're getting attacked. Mm. Because that's, that's where our guard is a little bit down and enemy just wants to get in there and try to sabotage your dreams and you wake up with an anxiety of, oh my gosh, all these pills. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh my gosh, like what? And that is not how we need to start our day. We got to start warring in the spirit and being like, okay, Lord, like I'm going to get a handle on this because my mind wants to freak out because the enemy's flooded me with all this trash rather than focusing on you. And I'll, yeah. and I'll end it with this. It's like when you go back to scripture and, and you think of, you know, the, the walking on water to Jesus. Imagine that being you. Once you decide to step out of the boat and you have that, I'm focused on you, Lord, what comes at you? The wind and the waves and the chaos to, to what are you actually focused on? And yeah. he's going to try to get you any way he can. And there's a lot of that going on. So now more than ever, you need to be vigilant and maybe you're not called to get up at two o'clock in the morning like me. Maybe your prayer hours four to six p.m. Right or nine to midnight. You know whatever that looks like for you. Ask the Holy Spirit when do you want me to pray? And it could just be throughout your day. I used to be like, oh, only in the morning, only at night. I pray all throughout the day. I'm constantly yeah. talking to God. Yeah, because Lord, I don't yeah. need you just in the morning and just in the evening or just when I'm having a hard time. Right. I need you always. Period. Right. And prayer is our language to Him to communicate and build that relationship. That's how vital it is. It is. It's vital. It's crazy how much I was attacked for years at three thirty in the morning, and I remember knowing unknowingly, you know, before I knew like the facts about how heightened that demonic um, time was. But the enemy does that to a lot of people. And I really believe that, um, you know, especially those of us who have had trauma and, you know, he's going to try to use every open wound. And that's why it's so important to, to heal our wounds, you know, and to, to allow the Lord to do that work. But really, I would be surprised to see the numbers of the amount of people that are actually attacked during that time. And I also believe that many are called to that time. Like you said, not everyone is. It's interesting when this started happening because I've always been up, but the level of fear and torment because of the things that I encountered in real life in the past would almost like suffocate me to where I would just be paralyzed in fear sitting there like, okay, in the name of Jesus, you know, it would start like that. And and then as my faith grew bigger and stronger and I learned my identity in Christ and the authority that I had, then I started like, I'm not scared of you anymore. And now the tables have turned completely where it's like, no, I'm actually now getting up to um, take back territory from the kingdom of darkness, right? And so just be encouraged if you are being attacked during that time that um, the Lord is with you and he wants you to know who you are in Christ. And and I want to talk about that for a minute because it's so vital because Satan knows when you're fully in Christ, which means you know who you are in Christ and you're submitted to him and surrendered. You're not perfect. You're going to sin. You're going to make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God, right? 
But when we know who we are and our authority, we are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. He is nothing, right? The verse I have right here, I was looking earlier for it, um, talks about when he, when the Lord um, went down, let me try to find it really quick, sorry. It said he made the enemy a spectacle. We know that through the cross, he made the enemy a spectacle and he went down to hell and took the keys back and he has all all authority and he's given us the authority to tread on scorpions and snakes. And that's what that means. We sit, we were, we were, we're dead in Christ and alive in Christ with his resurrection. So we sit in heavenly places with him and where he says that the earth is a footstool, right? Well, well, if we're in Christ and we're seated with Christ, then this demonic realm that we know is above us in the heavenlies is actually below us. And so many times the, I, I would fight from a place of like that I'm on the same realm. And I'm like, actually, no, in the spirit, I can transcend that realm, go to the highest with Christ and cast these things down. Right. And so I just think that it's so important to know the word of God and to know who you are. And, and in this time, in this hour, like Jesus is coming back soon, whether that's 500 years, whether that's 50 years, like he is coming back and we need to be equipped and prepared because if you look at our world right now, the level of darkness where it's truly evil being called good. You know, there is one gender. Like, we're, that's not this, what this episode is about. There, no, there is two genders, not one. Gender. I knew you I was like, she's gonna <laughs> don't get me started on that. That's a different topic. But so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, um, I want to stress the importance of knowing who you are in Christ. And um, I want to give you an example too. We know that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Jesus came to give life and to life to the fullest. Um, When I tried to, I've always been, obviously God picks us before he chooses us and appoints us, right? As an intercessor. And that's what you are. And that's why you, you may be listening and think, oh my gosh, this is to a different level. I cannot pray like this. Everyone's called to pray, but intercession is a mantle, is a gifting, it's a calling. And so obviously Molly has that. I have that, you know, and it excites us, excites us to pray. But before I had Christ truly in me, I knew about him and I wanted to know him. I was filled with sin, right? We know that the enemy can, can get a stronghold in us through sin. Well, I thought that I was this big, bad, you know, warrior and I could come against this demonic entity. And I, when I did, we were praying over somebody's house that was like, have, she was having all these issues. I literally got choked by a demonic spirit and it was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I'm like, why? I thought I had it, the, the authority in Jesus name. The, and this is the, the point of the story is that the enemy knows where he has legal right through sin and through deception. I had so much active sin in my life during that time. I was so double-minded. I had one foot in the world, one foot in God's, this idea of God. And he's like, yeah, right. If he tried that now, I would come back at, like he wouldn't even try that now because I know who I am. And so I just want you to, to, I stress that and, and, um, you know, to the, those of you listening, we have to know our authority and we have to use it. And even when we do know it, the enemy will, will bully us and poke us. And like, does she really know yet? Does she really know? Because it's like a police officer that's, that's not using their badge. Like, is he going to utilize his badge? Like that's right. So I just wanted to, to bring that point up. Um, how have you how have you seen that kind of unfold in your walk with the Lord with your identity? Gosh, I have been somebody when it comes to my identity, I've never actually truly questioned it. I think for me as like a child, I knew at a very young age, short story, at the age of seven, God called me into leadership. 
And I said, no, he's, I said, no, I was like, Lord, I'm not ready. I want to go play with my friends. I'm sorry, but no. And I ran away. And to this day, I'm like, what if I said yes at seven? Now he (laughs) elevated me in leadership positions, captains of sport teams, student council, like just so on and so forth. And so he, he equipped me in other ways, even though I said no. And 20 years later, that's when I truly stepped into, okay, Lord, I'm ready for this calling. And he's been doing an expedited equipping ever since and then putting me in a position to lead women all around the world to help them step into their true identity, into their calling to be the hands and feet in the marketplace. So it's one of those where I knew at a very young age and I've always been a very headstrong person of like, sure, I have my moments of like, oh, you know, like people will project their fear on you and say this about you and that about you. But I was always so concrete and I knew who I was. And even to a point where I was very um, masculine about it for a a number of years, I was very, I was way more masculine than I was feminine because it was a protection layer from people that kept hurting me over and over and over again. I was like, no, we're not going to do this anymore until the Lord really softened my heart and is like, I need to bring femininity back into business, back into the marketplace, back into my daughters. So I've never had that per se for me. However, I have seen countless women. I have coached countless women. I've been there for so many women that have struggled with that because of just the lies that are floating around in their head or what people have projected on them and said that they are. And it actually starts at a young age when you think about it and you know, you're know you around parents and their children. Parents might be like, oh, my daughter's shy or she's quiet or she's really kind of obnoxious and loud. Sorry about that. Like they're literally putting labels on you that then children will take as an identity that leak into their adulthood. And then we always are like, well, that's how I've always been because you accepted that from somebody that you trusted and that you loved as truth. And if I were to have done that, I would have been the intimidating one, the, you know, assertive, aggressive one, all these like super intense traits that, you know, there are parts of me, but it doesn't define who I am. There's right, parts exactly. of my personality. It's like, if I'm going to say I'm going to get it done, I'm going to get it done. I'm right. a person of my word and I want other people to be the same. Does that exactly. make me X, Y, and Z? Right. So everybody has those different pieces, but you really have to ask yourself, you know, do I need to scrap how I view my identity right now and be like, okay, Lord, like mold me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60, 20 mm-hmm. years old listening to this. We all need that self audit of where are we really at and are we going to take the time to now go forth and change that or are we just going to keep repeating the same narrative? Because so often we we repeat the same narrative because it's almost easier to do that because we've always done it than, okay, let me step into this new. And so that's, I think, really powerful. And like you said, it all goes back into how rooted are you in your prayer life, in the word, in scripture, because here's the thing, even the demons know his name. Right. The demons know scripture too. The enemy knows scripture. So it's not enough for us to just, oh yes, I know Jesus. I love him. You know, I dabble in scripture every once in a while. Demons do that too. So what separates you from them? You are a child of God. And mm-hmm. as a child, submitting to that authority and learning the heart and the essence of our father is yeah. the most important thing, period. And so Absolutely. often we're treating it as like, oh, I'll kind of get to it. And I used to be that. I used to be like, let me go work yeah. out first, Lord, and then I got you. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, years later, he's like, you still don't got me. Are you going to keep choosing <laughs> your, you know, physical body over me? And I was like, you're right. I got super convicted. So I look at my morning with him as just like your tithe, your first fruits, my time in the beginning of my day are my first fruits. And I give that to him and then everything it. else follows. So for me, because of what, with what I do and what I need for myself, I give myself at least a five hour runway of time to, you know, mind right, prayer right, relationship with God, body, food, get ready. So by the time I'm jumping on and I have my first call at eight o'clock in the morning, I am, I am ready to roll. I am like fresh and let's, let's hit it instead of drudging into the day of like, Oh, I barely got my pot of coffee. I actually don't drink coffee because it does the reverse. (laughs) All those coffee drinkers. I'm like, I don't get it. My, my husband basically needs like a liquid caffeinated IV at all times. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Adrenals need to be checked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. I love what you said though about really seeking him first because he says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And all of his righteousness and then everything will be added. And it's 
It's so, so true. And also, um, that is where we find out who we truly are, right? With those revelations from the Holy Spirit. Like I remember when he told me, you know, really you, my earthly father was abusive and it was a broken, it's a broken relationship, but he's like, I actually made you a daddy's girl. Like Mm -hmm. you would have seen, and I'm like me, like, and it took me and he's like, if you would have had a healthy father, you would have seen that, but Mm -hmm. you are such a daddy's girl. Like, and that's where I see it play out in my relationship with Christ. Cause I'm so needy and I'm always want to hang out. And I'm always like, okay, let's are like, I like in my prayer time. Okay. Are we going on? We're talking about business right now. Are we talking about, are we having fun? Are we, you know, all these different things. But the point is, is really, I would have, would not have known that outside of a relationship. So it absolutely mm-hmm. starts with a relationship. And, and like you said, Molly, I agree. Like it's never too late. It's never too late. And what, if you're saying, Oh, I'm just that way. It's a lie because you cannot find your identity outside of Christ. He is your creator. He is the one that fashioned you and formed you before the creation of the world. So he knows what he put in you. And I believe for you, Molly, he put that intensity in you. He put that in you for a purpose. But whatever, like you said, of course, the enemy is going to come and try to steal. I can never say this word. Um, femininity. Look, I'd say <laughs> because I too was the same way of this whole story about like all my branding's pink now and everything. And the Lord was like, that's your favorite color rocket. Like, and I was like, <laughs> I was always like, you know, I grew up with six brothers and like we were in an abusive home and it was like the strength. It was like, no, like, you know, it was this unhealthy, um, ungodly, really disgusting situation of this view of strength, right? So mm. I had to learn to to become broken and and have Christ become strong in me and he weeds out what is not of him and you still have those core, you know, tendencies of intensity and he softens it like you said, right? <laughs> like, yes. Trust me. 17-year-old intensity is a lot different than, you know, 37-year-old Claire. So I get that. But this also what you said was the scripture when we know the word of God and we get in it and we that's how we know God. He's the word made flesh, right? And I just want to read this one scripture in Ephesians um, that talks about, I had it marked, um, the armor of God, because it talks about this is your sword, this the sword of the spirit. If you go into a battle without a weapon, you're mm. not going to do any damage. You might, <laughs> right? What are you going to do? So um, Ephesians 6.10 says, the armor of God, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the mm. full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I feel I feel allowed to stop here for a second because so many times we're fighting on the ground, we're fighting flesh and blood. Say if even it's kind of starts when you're young in, in Christ as a conflict, right? And you just you think you can just fight with that person, and you re- you got to realize there are spirits at work, right? And so he says it right here. That is why through prayer and through knowing the word of God, we go into prayer and we we fight it in that way. So if you're having these um, fights, these conflicts, these, these issues, understand the devil's schemes and go, go into prayer and, and use your sword. And, and then he goes down to therefore put on the full armor. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand after having everything done. Oh my gosh, can't read. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So right there, 
and then pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So if you have a heavenly prayer language, if you can speak in tongues, the enemy cannot understand that. So utilize that. Um, but the sword is key and knowing those verses, remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He combated the enemy over and over with the word. And yeah. so we have to, we have to build ourselves up when he comes with those lies, right? Okay. Say you, you fell and you gave in to sin and then you're beating yourself up the next day. There is no condemnation. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that you forgive me when I confess and I confess, pull me out of this. Bam. Th- that's, you're fighting that right there with the, with the sword of the spirit. Yes, it's so good. I love that. And I think more often we just, again, we look at the, at the Bible as like, here's this book, this book I'm supposed to follow. And depending on how you were brought up with that book, it dictates a big view of that, you know? And I remember first picking up a Bible being like, I don't know how to read this, to be honest, until somebody shared with me. And I've been, I mean, I was baptized when I was seven and I rededicated my life when I was older as an adult, but I still wasn't really in the word. Cause I just was like, I don't understand. I don't like to read. Therefore I'm out. Until I picked up the message version or even the passion translation. And then eventually it really started to sinking. So I'm like, Lord, I know this is a different <laughs> version than the original, but my heart posture is to know you highlight things to me. Right. And then he did. And then I moved to, you know, New King James and now, you know, so on and so forth. And now I have all these different resources like concordance and all these different tools to dig in even deeper to be like, Lord, show me. Show me what this looks like. And I have to say my favorite Bible, hands down, is the Leadership Bible by John Maxwell. There's so many great excerpts in there. If you're an entrepreneur, if you like leadership, love leadership, obsessed with leadership like me at all, you need that Bible. That's like a non-negotiable. I got it because I saw it on your Instagram. I was like, I need to get this. He does such such, like, how did he even, well, first of all, John Maxwell is an older man that has spent a lot of time in that war room in prayer. God has given him so many different revelations. I mean, he's just like one of the greatest out there that has been able to pour in and teach. And so definitely one of my favorite authors. So when I found out he had a Bible, actually somebody gifted it to me and I'm so grateful because it was so random. Like, why are you giving me this Bible? And like, little does he know what's come from it, but it's just amazing to be able to be like, you know what? Like my mindset was like, I don't really know how to read it. Therefore I'm not going to do it. And then my, it was like, end of story. But if you're telling yourself, you know what, I'm going to read it. Even if I have to find different ways to figure it out for what works for me in the beginning. But my heart posture is Lord, show me a way give me a way, highlight a a verse, a word, something to me, and not just to read it, just to read it and get it over with. But like, what is in here that you want Mm -hmm. me to take out? And you can find anything in scripture, even if you have to, again, go to different versions and we all got got the new version Bible app. So you can, you can flip it over, but you get to do that. It's not a have to, it should be a get to. Mm -hmm. Because our, our creator gave us absolutely everything we need. He gave us his son. Like we are living, you know, because of his sacrifice, his body, his blood, and we are living in his air, his breath is in our lungs. And we don't take the time to get to know the depths. And then we let the world dictate, oh, well, mm," like we listen too much out there when we listen, need to be more listening in here of like, okay, what are you saying to me? And for me, that quiet, that quietness and stillness comes in the morning because once it gets light outside, I'm like, eh, like I, I am distracted. I got a million things going on, Yes, girl. but I make sure that I have, uh, you know, whether I got my Bible, I got a book, I got something where in case, you know what, in that moment I had a hard call or a hard day. I'm like, I need something to, to renew my mind because especially when you take that stand to stand up against being like, okay, enemy, I see you. Cause if he can't stop you, he's going to distract you. And there's plenty of distractions out there. I like to use this as an example. Take the Super Bowl and the Grammys. Didn't watch either. Because why? I, I look either. at once upon a time, I'm like, yeah, that was interesting. But the world has gotten so dark that I'm like, why would I fill my mind with trash from the halftime and whatever? Like, it's just a bunch of distractions. Mm-hmm. And the NFL, this is a crazy statistic. It's like a $9 billion a year industry. We paid that entity $9 billion globally to distract us from men playing with a ball on a field. I know, girl, I know. Or we go to these concerts or we do these other things. And I'm not saying don't have fun and don't indulge, but 
be aware of what's happening because is that taking you away from something else that's actually going to help pour into everything that you want? But more often than not, we use it as a distraction. And I think um, this, this is the last part on this that I would love to say is I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday. Um, he works at Amazon and he was like, Molly, I need to ask for prayer. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What do you got? He's like, Amazon, the place that I work is having another round of 9,000 layoffs and my department is definitely going to be cut down. And he's like, from January to now, which it's March, it will be 27,000 layoffs. Facebook just let go of 25,000 people. Twitter, a bunch of people. So collectively, mm-hmm. it's safe to say that there's hundreds of thousands of people being let go in this recession that we're in. What do you think people are going to turn to? I pray that they turn to prayer and the word. Yeah. But yeah. more often than not, people are going to turn to the bottle. They're going to turn to marijuana. They're going to yeah. turn to something to sedate because oh, yeah. I can't handle it. And the enemy wants to trap you there. Yep. So before that may happen to you, be aware of that's exactly where he wants you. But even though a door closes, doesn't mean God doesn't have another one that's going to be open for you. You just have to be rooted in the faith of this is a part of the process. Yeah. And he is going to see you through. He's never going to let you down. Now, it may not be how you want it to look. And I am a product of that environment. I'm like, but God, like, don't <laughs> yeah. you know? Usually he's never like, is. <laughs> he's like, okay, I've, you know, 33 years I've been hearing that, Molly. So yeah, nice try. But it's that patience. It's that persistence of like, okay, no matter what, I'm still here. No matter what, you are still good. And there's That's going right. to be something on the other end of this that I'm going to be able to learn and draw closer to you and deepen my faith if you choose to view it that way. It's so good and it's so true. And what you said about renewing our mind is key, right? In in Romans 12, 2, I believe, it says, if we don't renew our mind, by default, we're going to get stuck or get distracted or let culture wash over us. So that when we do, when we read that word, it renews us and it gets our spirit right. We know that we're, we're spirit first in flesh and they are in contradiction, right? It says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Remember when Jesus's Mm -hmm. disciples were, um, fell asleep in the garden. He's like, really? Like I'm about to die. Like, I don't want to I feel like when I read that the other day, again, I had this new revelation of him saying like, you don't think I feel it in my flesh too? Like I'm human, but I'm letting, I'm pow, I'm saying, no spirit, you rule instead of my flesh and y'all are over here sleeping. And that's where he said the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, but we have to renew or we will conform by default. We will conform to the patterns of, um, the world. And it's funny that you say that about Super Bowl because I agree. I mean, I've never been into football or anything. Um, I think the kids had it on. We never watched the halftime show anymore, but I watched it last year and I had demonic dreams mm. and torments. And because of my past, I have to be sensitive about those things because I was very much into the world and all that kind of st- stuff. So, um, yeah, so we have to guard ourselves, but I, it's just interesting to see. I bet you if you did a study, if I was in the word this year, more around the time that I didn't watch it versus yes. last year, I bet I would have. You know what I mean? That's just well, how Super it Bowl is. is. Just a proxy for where you spend your time. I mean, like in yeah. another example too, talking about just how easily manipulated our minds can be. Here's another example. And I feel like more people could relate to this. Netflix, for example, right? We all got it. We all watch it. There's shows that were like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I remember when How to Get Away with Murder came out and being a former news anchor and reporter, I'm like, "Mm, this is interesting. I'm in for a good plot line. Mm -hmm. And I started watching it and I'm getting into the seasons. And I actually, I started kind of like having this little bit of like out of body experience of like viewing what it, how it is that I was viewing the show. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to have this like, like empathy in a way for these murderers that no, it's okay. Even though you killed somebody, dot, dot, dot. Not that we don't have love, grace and empathy for people. Right, 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 right. right. To get like, Oh no. And then I started to like catch my mind, be like, Oh wait, that is like all too easy. Like I could do that. Hold the phone. I know flag on the play. Like what? And so I like caught myself and I literally paused the, and I was like, I'm not watching another episode. And I'm a very like gates are up. Like I protect what it is that I watch for the most part until that came in. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore because this popular show 
And if you don't have a high alert on shows of things like, you know what, there's going to be worldly things that pop up. But if it starts to impact you in a way where it's really making a big impact and not in a good way, mm-hmm. you have to like be strong enough to say no. You have to be, yes. strong to be like, I'm putting that down because you know what? I need to have like protections around myself and I need to know what I can and cannot do. And it may be different for other people. I know other people that can watch whatever they want on TV and they don't get impacted. Right. For me, I get, I have people that poke fun at me being like, basically Molly just watches, you know, rom-coms and pure flicks. And I'm like, people make fun of me too, girl. That is so, it, my okay? best friend. She's like, you live under a rock. Like she goes, you, cause I'll, I'll text her every once in a while. I need a good movie. She's like, ask my mom. Like she makes fun of me, <laughs> you know, cause she watches like everything. Them. And I'm like, right. I'm like, Okay. Like, but it's so true. And I love that you say that because I've never met anyone else that will talk about this or everyone. I'm usually the one that make fun of cakes. So gossip girls when that, I never watch TV because I just, I rather work and I'm like a serial entrepreneur. So I, I just rather, but when I do, I'll get hooked. Right. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's a nice like outlet. Yep. So I was watching Gossip Girls. I guess this was had to be like five years ago. I don't know, whenever it came out. And I was having these dreams, like like sex dreams and lust dreams. And I'm like, what? Like, and the Lord was like, you need to stop watching this. Like this. And and I'm not kidding you. My girls make fun of me so much because I got to the last season when he and I'll push it a little bit. And then the Lord's like, you, you know, he has to tell me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. This is like messing with my mind. And it was like the season finale or the last episode. And I'm like, no, I'm not watching. They're like, you're not watching. Like, no, like this was because it was, it was dark. It was a really dark demonic dream that twisted. And I'm like, no, this is crazy. And that was, so what is that though? It's vain imaginations. Remember that set Mm. itself up against the knowledge of Christ. And he says, we have the mind of Christ. We are to take captive those vain imaginations, those thoughts, and tear them down, yes. bring them into obedience of Christ. So if we're having these thoughts, we shouldn't just let them run rampant. We right. should say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Does this line up with you, Christ? If not, tear it down, right? He said the weapons that we have are mighty. They're not carnal. They're they're mighty to pull those stronghold down. It's because what happens if the enemy comes in, then he can... If I were to let that go and you were to let that go, who knows where it would take us? We know it would take us from away from God, you know, and then I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in that place. No, we, I've dabbled in that. Don't ever want to go back. Exactly. And that, and that's the thing. If you're listening, it's not about religion. It's it, I've come out of darkness. Molly's come out of darkness. Like it's about once you find the light and and everything that Jesus has to offer, it's like you don't you don't want that. You don't want that anymore. Your your flesh still does, and you have to fight that. But we have to feed our spirit, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. as we wrap up here, I just love all those conversations. Give us a time that you felt a spiritual attack, and like what you did to overcome it. I'm sure you have many. Gosh, I know. That's why I'm just like, wow. Uh, probably a question that I never get asked, but then you're just like, yeah, you want a list of like, <laughs> I know, I where know. that comes into play. I remember um, one and I didn't realize it until after what it was, but quickly when I did, I had to apologize to my husband. So my husband and I were having a, um, it was just like one of those days for all my married couple. You know what that means. Dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blank. Exactly. And we're just like, oh my gosh, everything is just like erupting at the same time. And we're just like, you know, going through a lot. We're both also entrepreneurs. So there's, you know, lots of crazy ups and downs that can go with that. And I remember being in an argument. We're arguing with each other. In the back of my mind, you're like, like the Holy Spirit's like, you're not actually arguing with your husband, by the way. You're wow. arguing with the enemy. Like, you're not, like, you see that happening. And I still, my flesh was like, no, I got to get this out. (laughs) Until the next morning, wake up at two, go sit in the car. And I'm like, oh, my spirit was grieving. And so my husband's asleep. It's like 2.30 in the morning. I send him a text apologizing. And I love you. It's like one of those things to look at when he first gets up. Because I realized after the fact, even in that moment, but I wasn't strong enough in that moment to peel myself off being like, you're not actually fighting your husband. You're fighting a principality. You're fighting a spirit that wants you guys to have division because, you know, there is an attack on marriages. I mean, we all, I think we all have felt that one. Just relationships, marriages, families, let's rip them apart. 
And my husband and I, ever since we've gotten married, yeah, it has been wild because I know that there's just an anointing that we have on our marriage from when we were dating to even now. And the enemy wants to shred that by all means yes. necessary. Yeah. My husband are, and I are very opposite people. And so it's very like, he can ruffle some feathers, but we've gotten so good to being aware and capturing you are trying to do this. Yes. You're really annoying. Go away. And so I, I'm telling you this as I had a fleshly moment where I didn't stop in the moment, but a few hours later or, you know, whatever, five, six hours later when I woke up and I was like, yeah. And I was like, babe, please like, you know, humbly and just like, I'm so sorry that I did that because I'm realizing it was not you. It was the enemy trying to divide us when I know that we don't do this to each other like this. Right. We're by doing everything that we can. And we're never, we're not the type of the couple that are, you're going to say words to cut the other person down. We're very careful in right. how we share things. But in that moment, I was like, my flesh just wanted to yeah. rev up. So I knew that that was a spiritual attack in that mm-hmm. moment. And I've seen a lot of them on my marriage. And mm-hmm. when you're aware and you call it out for what it is, you become more aware for if it does come up in the future to be able to stop it, to be like, I see what's happening here and we're not moving forward. And that takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of like, Ooh, dying to self. And you literally feel like you're dying a slow death, but you have to, because you have to be able to just nip it in the bud. Don't be like, Oh, I'll just deal with it later. Because if I, if I had the strength in that moment to be like, I knew what I knew, but I ignored it because I was like, Oh, let me just get this out. That wasn't the right thing. And so there's so many times where it's like, ask yourself being like, okay, like, Lord, like, show me what this is. And yeah. you don't know what it is. Just ask. And yes. he's gonna that to you. And so I feel like that's so important for people because too often people will give the enemy credit of like, oh, he's doing this to me. He's doing this to me. Instead of being like, whatever this is, Lord, I'm focused on you. Show me what it is so I can be aware to have authority and dominion over this thing. Yes. And we're going to be doing this together. And I don't, I don't, the enemy has no power, no hold on me, but too often we succumb to his oh, yeah. power. Right. Cause we think it's, be. we think it's flesh and blood and it's not. And that's the, that's where you just gave a perfect description of how we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We, we wrestle against those principalities. So when it's coming from, the, the one closest to you, your husband, of course, you're going to just get tripped up and think, oh, it's just him. And then the other point that you said that is so key is that a lot of people don't understand is dying to ourselves. He said, unless yeah. you want to truly be my disciple, you want to truly be my follower, you have to die. You have to put that flesh on the altar. And that is another explanation of in real time, real life. That's what you just described. When you want to kirk out and freak out and say everything, you know, and you don't, and you go to the Lord, you are dying and then the spirit will take over. And what you're also doing is you're submitting to God and what you're doing together in that the other uh, thing the Lord tells us, he says, submit to God and the devil will flee, right? So when we are being attacked, the best thing is to go and ask, seek, t- say, what's going on? Pause. Wait, let me take this to God. Let me submit this to God, follow his way. And then it you notice all of a sudden it starts to diffuse because he has to flee because that's his word. And his word is alive. It's active. He sends it out and it does not come back void, right? And so it's key. It's, it's powerful. I love that you shared those examples, um, with us and yeah. yeah. So tell us your favorite Bible verse. Oh my goodness. Or I know one in this season, I guess. How about in this season of your life (laughs) or just a book? It doesn't have to be you know, there was one that I, uh, I got to go look in this chat. So I'm in this chat with some people. It's like a, a Bible study group. And we just like throw verses back and char- back and forth with each other. And it's so good. Okay, here's what it was. And I just remember it was like, gosh, this is so powerful for this season. So it's James 1, 22 through 25. To be honest, I love the whole book of James. I could just put I James do too. Oh my so gosh. It I says, remember when I first read it, I needed it so bad. <laughs> right. I feel like you can, you can use it in every season. You, and so anyways, it says James 1, 22 through 25. This is the ESV. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the world of the word and not a doer, 
He is like a man who looks, I, uh, sorry, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away at once, and forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and per- that perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Basically, like, don't just sit there and hear, go out and take action, right? It's just yeah. like, you know, like they said, when you look in the mirror, you're just kind of like, okay, great, move on. But no, really look, take action, like really dig down deep. And so often we want to be surface level, but get in and texturize things a little bit, like bring in context, go deep. Let's, let's be like more intent about the process yeah. rather than the end goal. Cause everybody's like, Oh, end goal. And it's never end and final until it's our last breath. Right. Yeah. So go out there and take action. And that's what we're talking about here. Take action in prayer, take action in reading the word, take action in community, and that's where you're really going to be able to see the fruit of that come to fruition. Because a lot of people just stop with the hearing and absorbing and I'm good, Lord, don't put me on the mm-hmm. battlefield. He, The battlefield is the world, the world and the world needs us to show the hope that only Christ can bring. I love it. It's so beautiful. And it's so true. It's so, so true. Well, I am so, so thankful that you came on and we had this conversation. Can you pray for us um, and pray for the listeners? Just pray for the women who um, who are listening. And I definitely have to have you back. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, I would absolutely love to close this in prayer. Lord God, we just come humbly before you. Lord, I just pray that whatever was said here on this podcast, Lord, those were your words. You were flowing through us. And it's in your word that we're going to find you, we're going to find your heart, and we're going to find truth. And I know there's a lot of deception out there. And Lord, I just pray that people are, that their hearts, their spirits, their souls are awakening to, you know what, I need to dig down deep and ask, Lord, what do you say? Not just relying on our strength, but really just leaning in on you. Lord, I pray that we're not just hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word. We are putting it in action. We're backing up what it is that we have been pouring in and learning from you and putting it into practice. And even though if we're not perfect on any time, because we're not perfect, (laughs) we're just going to continually just seek after what would Christ do in this scenario? How would they, what would he say? What would he do? How would he react? And how much love and empathy and grace is he going to pour out on this person in front of me? And Lord, I just pray that we are, all of us that are here listening, uh, Claire and myself included, that we just get to be the hands and feet of you and whatever you want to do in and through us today, this week, this year, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Reconstructed Woman podcast. To join the journey, head over to the reconstructedwoman.com. Here's to freedom. 